Welcome to Let's Talk Farm to Fork, the post-harvest podcast that interviews people making an impact in the fresh produce sector. We'll take a deep dive into what they do and find out how they're helping to reduce the amount of food lost or wasted along the farm to fork journey. But before we get started, did you know that according to the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization, around 45% of the world's fruits and vegetables go to waste each year? If you would like to learn more about how you can practically play your part in maximizing fruit and vegetable supplies, whether you're a part of the industry or simply a consumer, visit postharvest.com and try out their free online course library today. Now, time for your host, Mitchell Denton. Hi there, and welcome to Let's Talk Farm to Four, the post-harvest podcast that interviews people of interest across the food supply chain. Today on our show, I'm joined by Itai Moram from Tevel, who I'll be talking to about how their flying harvesting robots are a labor shortage solution that are helping increase yields. So with no further delays, let's get started. Well, good morning, Itai. How are you? Good afternoon, my time. I'm good. How are you, Mitch? I'm very well, thank you. Before we get into it, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, and maybe a fun fact about yourself. So yeah, first of all, thanks for uh, having me here. It's a pleasure. My name is Itai Rome. I'm from Israel, but I'm currently living in the U.S., and I'm the general manager of Tevel here in the U.S. As in many cases with the Israelis, my early background is with the military in Israel, served nine years full-time in the Air Force, after which I did a bachelor's degree in physics, took on several roles in both large and small companies in Israel, did my MBA in the U.S. And about mm. four years ago, I received a call from an early stage uh, startup working on this crazy idea of uh, using flying robots to pick fruits. Mm. Uh, they were looking for a COO. So I joined Tevel in 2019 uh, when we were just a small team, started the operations department, took the lead on our grower relations in Israel and uh, globally later. Mm-hmm. And began, uh, began to learn so much from these interactions with growers. Till about a year ago, we made this uh, important step of starting our U.S. business, and for which I recently moved here to manage this side of the company's business. The other thing was a fun fact about myself. So uh, I grew up most of my life in Israel, but now it's actually my fourth time moving uh, to the U.S. And over, over the course of my life, uh, you know, both growing up and now as an adult, I've moved around the globe uh, quite a lot. And, and now with two kids at home, me and my wife, we joke around that our, our passports are like the beginning of a joke. You know, those uh, priests, a rabbi, and something board a plane. We're a family of four with a total of nine different passports. And the kids have now grown to uh, move around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's me. Yeah, wow, that's quite a bit of travel. Continuing on from you telling us what you do, would you mind telling us a little bit more about the history of Tevel and how your innovative technology works? Yeah, so Tevel was founded uh, a few years ago, but the actual story, our founder and, and CEO, uh, Yaniv Maor, he saw this documentary on TV in Israel, I would say 10 years ago. It was about the lack of fruit pickers in Israel. And they did sort of this experiment, if you want to call it that, taking a group of people, sort of throwing them into the orchard to uh, pick apples for one day. 
And at the end of that day in the show, most of, of the people said they had enough and, uh, you know, we don't want to do this anymore for even mm -hmm. another day. Yaniv thought that this, I would say, repetitive task of picking fruit could be solved by a robotic solution, but he realized that the level of technology available those days needed for this still needs to mature. So he held on to the idea, but really didn't do anything about it. And only a few years later, with the improvements in, uh, in GPU power, uh, graphing uh, processing units, and the advancements in uh, artificial intelligence, he actually quit his job in the defense industry to, to start the company and went on to write the first patents for truth-picking flying robots. Mm. Uh, the company was founded uh, in 2017 and started with developing the robots and the algorithms uh, running them. Long story short, five years later, uh, we're now at a point where these flying robots have evolved into, I would say, a complete solution, a system, uh, which includes uh, eight tethered, meaning connected, tethered flying robots with a bunch of sensors, allowing them to pick all sorts of fruits autonomously. The robots actually identify ripeness, identify the foliage, identify obstacles on the way. They even recognize specific diseases. And after picking the robots, place these fruits into the system. And the system itself delivers those fruits into a bin. Yep. That's a long story short of what Tavel has done in the past five years. Yeah, fantastic. I see that Tavel's technology is not only concerned with harvesting fruit, but with collecting harvesting data. Would you mind explaining to the listeners what purpose this data collection serves? Um, this actually is something that really blew my mind over the past year or so when I saw this taking shape and, and shown to growers. So, so obviously we have a system that is designed to pick apples, but also we expanded its capabilities into uh, different other fruits, stone fruits, uh, peaches, nectarines, plums, apricots, even pears. But apart from picking fruits, with the flying robot, which brings obviously tremendous value to the grower in and of itself, we learned through developing this capability of the data, and I'll explain in a minute, while we're showing it to growers that this capability is a game changer uh, mm. in its own right. So it's cool that you pick fruits, but the data that you give me is so important, which really blew my mind. And, and by the way, accomplishing this Within the company was a really impressive achievement by, by our super sharp R&D people. What basically we're doing is as the system picks the fruits down the road, each specific fruit is analyzed by the robot that is picking it. And each fruit is, is actually getting an identity. There's a dashboard uh, where we're consolidating all these data points. And you can see the actual numbers. So the actual amount of fruit that's being picked, the total weight of the fruits, the distribution of fruit sizes, weights. There's even a heat map that you can see where in the row uh, the fruits were picked from. Uh, you can uh, also see certain diseases or disorders. So, so when, when you show this to growers, you understand that this really opens up unprecedented, I would say, possibilities for the growers, mm -hmm. because now each bin, while it's being picked, or while it's being filled, sorry, has all the relevant information about its content. So 
you know, to dive in uh, just a minute or two more, just to explain why this is so revolutionary. So what is happening today is that, let's say, a certain block of a certain uh, apple variety is being picked today. The grower today has no exact numbers what this block is yielding in terms of how many fruits, what sizes, quality, and so on. So all these fruits are being picked into bins. And now a bunch of bins are transported to the packing house, most of them to refrigeration, by the way. And yet, even at this point, the grower has no idea what this block is yielding. He will know his bottom line numbers uh, later in the process, after all these fruits go through the packing house and into boxes into the market. But he doesn't know these exact numbers. And these numbers are very important in his you know, value chain, supply chain, to his bottom numbers, even. So mm-hmm. with the data that uh, we provide, the grower knows at every point in time during the picking what his yield is, what sizes he's getting. These sizes and quality really affect his bottom line. And you can think of more possibilities here, knowing diseases, knowing disorders, seeing where they are in the heat map, uh, maybe identify early on uh, certain trees with uh, problems. So really the possibilities of these data points are endless. Yeah, that's fantastic. So then what's the biggest challenge your team have encountered so far with your innovative technology and how did you overcome it? Or at least how are you looking to overcome it? That's a very good question. I would say that in an effort, in an endeavor like the one we took upon ourselves, in my eyes, it's one of the most challenging robotic applications in the market. Obviously in ag tech, but probably even across uh, more industries. Technological challenges are something in, in, in our world which are obviously numerous. There's, mm-hmm. there, there have been tons of technological challenges that we have, have had to overcome. But I would say that the biggest challenge by far, really by far, and, and it sort of connects the dots of all these technological stuff that we are working on, is actually the development time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, it has to do with funding. So we are solving so many challenges and we're dealing with so many complexities, solving this task of picking fruits with a robot. Add to that the fact that you're working in a complex agriculture environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guessing you've been hearing this from other ag tech startups. One of the things that makes ag tech different than other tech segments is the fact that you can't just spend your development time in the lab and after a while, boom, launch your product and you're good to go. It doesn't work that way in AgTech. Your product needs to be developed in the field as much as possible. So with fruit picking, you only have a short time window every year to do all this testing and tweaking in the field. And this means that the development time from an idea, a concept into a product is, is long. And the mm-hmm. only way to do this for such a length of time is to find the real visionary investors and people that share your vision and have the patience to support it. Obviously, together with the visionary exceptional team in the company that wants to join such a journey and make it happen. So essentially, I would say that the biggest challenge is, is funding for, uh, for a long stretch of time, especially in our world where we're Uh, I would say creating this whole solution from scratch, uh, something that hasn't been done before. By the way, this this obviously creates an extremely 
high barrier for entry, but also in my mind, it makes it that much exciting to be involved in such a, such a journey. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I find that to actually be such a great explanation of the ag tech world. It's very much, there, there is the research and development that takes place in the lab, so to speak, but there really needs to be that groundwork getting out in the field. So I completely understand where you're coming from. And a lot of the other guests on this podcast completely understand where you're coming from. That leads me to ask, what would you say separates your flying robot technology from other harvesting alternatives on the market? Yeah, so obviously the easy answer to this is the fact that as far as we know, we're the only ones uh, solving this challenge with flying robots. So that's the easy way out of your question. But, mm -hmm. but also, um, I would say that apart from the flexibility in using the flying robots, there's a bunch of other differentiators, so to speak whether it's the, the data that we're providing that we talked about mm -hmm. or the variety of fruits we're handling, or basically, I would say, making our system adaptable and using it for as many different applications as we can. Okay, yeah, perfect. Labor shortages are obviously an industry-wide concern, and Tavel's flying robots can be a great answer to this problem. I see the pilot program has expanded beyond Israel. Would you mind talking about some of the other countries that have been involved and how these programs have progressed? So talking about labor, I think first it's important to clear a common misconception uh, that we often hear as, by the way, other ag tech companies here. People see our solution and one of the comments we get from time to time is, the, oh yeah, these guys are all here to take jobs away from people. And I think it's important to clear this misconception because it couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, the reality is that we're actually, uh, not just us, any, any company in the ag tech space working on robotic solutions, I'll call it stepping in to fill a void. There isn't enough labor around in ag. And specifically, uh, where we're targeting in tree fruit, the harvesting part is one of the most, or in some cases, the most labor-intensive task. So uh, we're not taking away jobs, we're just filling in a void. Uh, yeah. So we're complementing uh, labor that isn't there. But to your question, yes, we've actually uh, expanded out of Israel over the past uh, year and a half. So in late 2021, Apple season 2021, we did our first commercial pilot in Italy was the leading customer there. And mm -hmm. last summer, 2022, was the debut of our U.S. operations. And we did a similar pilot in the Central Valley in California with HMC Farms, another leading grower. Uh, mm -hmm. Later, we did the trials in Apples in Washington State. So for the company, these are uh, really exciting times. Uh, over the past year or so, we, we started, you know, doing our, our first steps, commercial steps outside of Israel. That's fantastic. So then what's the biggest revelation you've uncovered while working within the ag tech industry? Good question. Um, if it wasn't apparent from the first question, I had absolutely zero experience in agriculture before I joined Tavel. So Tavel was my, uh, my door into agriculture and into the ag tech industry as well. And honestly, coming in, I had this misconception about agriculture that it's generally low-tech, uh, traditional industry. I had no, uh, I would say, um, assumptions about this industry being innovative. But after entering this world, 
and and knowing growers and understanding the industry. And don't get me wrong, me and, and the company and the team, we're learning every day about the industry. So I learned that growers, although, you know, the, the average grower might not be the most uh, tech savvy individual, they are so much into data and they're right on top of their numbers, I would say. And this really makes them primed for all these uh, solutions are among them, but growers are so ready to uh, adopt and embrace solutions because they're there. They understand the importance there on top of their data and numbers. And this was, this was a real surprise to me. Yeah, yeah, okay. You mentioned earlier, Tavel filling the void of the labor shortages. Beyond the obvious, I just want to ask you, what would you identify as being one of the biggest pain points in the food industry? Yeah, so, so obviously uh, uh, labor has its multifaceted aspects, but apart from labor, it has to do with that. But I would say that the ag industry as a whole, with world population growing and the need to feed everyone, everyone knows that the ag industry globally will need to produce more and more every year, maybe exponentially more and more every year. And there's simply no way to do that in the traditional ways we've done that. So producing that much more food for an exponentially growing population on this planet can only be achieved with robotics and autonomous solutions up and down the value chain, I would say. I mean, it's, it, it's not just solutions like ours picking fruits. It's, it's robots and autonomous machines tackling every known task to man in agriculture. That, I would say, is the biggest challenge or biggest pain point for the industry. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned at the start that Tavel was founded back in 2017. Obviously, you had no idea that the COVID pandemic was just around the corner. For, for better or worse, did the COVID pandemic have any effect on your day-to-day operations? Less on the day-to-day operations, I would say. Back in Israel, we were designated an essential company. So we were able to uh, stay open for much of the uh, shutdowns or closures we had back in Israel. You know, every country had its own regulations, but we were able to stay open. I would say even more that we learned in COVID that the trend to go remote is something that doesn't work for us. We had to move into a remote environment Uh, just a few times, and we realized that the power of our team being together and developing together across different departments is is key to keep developing the product. Obviously, we had supply chain issues like everybody uh, else. We did overcome them initially by ordering things early. And obviously, when you talk COVID in the ag industry, everybody understands that this only, uh, you know, exacerbated the labor shortage and made the need for solutions like ours to be even more apparent. Yeah, absolutely. So then is there a particular group or innovation within the industry that you're excitedly keeping a watchful eye on? I would say that I wouldn't call them a group, but the most interesting growers at this point in time are Mm -hmm. those early adopters, the growers, which are those forward thinkers that understand that the challenge is here, the problem Mm -hmm. is here. Solutions like ours are essentially required at this point in time. And these are the ones that 
we're following and in touch with. And these are also the ones that are sharing all their information and, and their perspective on their business. And these are actually our best partners. These are really design partners that we're working with, helping mm-hmm. us advance our solution. Because you said innovation, I can't not think about Israel as a hub of innovation and the home of so many startups, as you probably know, and, and especially in ag tech. So a lot of ag tech startups are hailing from Israel, mm-hmm. and some of them are have become friends of ours. So we know a lot of them. And by the way, mid February, there's a very big expo in Tulare, California, where we're uh, exhibiting along with many others. And we've actually uh, received a very prestigious award there in the top 10 products. And out of these top 10 products, three products are from companies hailing from Israel. So it's a real testament to what Israel has provided us. And and Mm -hmm. in our world, the, the fact that so many crops are grown in such a small geography like Israel really helps companies like us in AgTech to develop their products in proximity to the offices. And part of this is the fact that the Israel Innovation Authority, it's a government branch, it's very innovative. As far as their name goes, they're, uh, they've supported us throughout the years. And I would say we owe them a lot of gratitude looking at where we've come uh, these years. That's fantastic. Yeah, there's been a lot of great innovation coming out of Israel. We've had a few podcast guests actually recently from Israel and the things that they're doing, it's it's quite fascinating. But beyond that, we've found that there's a great community uh, around the innovation that's happening in Israel. There's a lot of support happening there as well, which is really cool to see. That being said, what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career in developing autonomous harvesting robots? I would say that growers, farmers are hungry for data and are driven by data more than I had expected. And as I said, they aren't as traditional as I thought. Another thing is that the complexity of solving the challenges that we're facing and how many departments, how many disciplines, how many professions, how much know-how is needed to work together in close cooperation to succeed mm-hmm. and to develop is something that, um, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was complex. I didn't uh, realize how much. Yeah, definitely. So Itai, we are coming to a close, but before we do, I just wanted to ask you, what is the main point you really want the listeners to take away from this episode? I would say simply that everything is possible. That what looks at first like a crazy out of this world solution or product or system, if you get around yourself a dedicated, out of this world uh, team of exceptional individuals working together, you can tackle any challenge and essentially the sky is the limit when you put your mind to it with the right group of people. Yeah, that's great. Just another example of the community spirit coming out of Israel's innovation. Well, that's all for today's episode of Let's Talk Farm to Fork. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Itai, for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. If you'd like to know more about Itai and Tevel, check out the link in the description of this episode. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode, and don't forget to leave a review and share with your friends. Until next time, you've been listening to Let's Talk Farm to Fork, a post-harvest podcast. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Farm to Fork. 
be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Also, if you would like to learn more about how you can practically play your part in maximizing fruit and vegetable supplies, whether you're a supplier, consumer, or anyone in between the farm-to-fork journey, visit postharvest.com and try out their free online course library today.